Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Danny Smythe, live from the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the, woo, Danny, Danny, we gotta crank up the woo machine, <laughs> well, to, to be fair, Danny's been running around all day today because Chapman's uh, not feeling well. So Danny stepped in and he's going to make sure that we stay on the air and he's going to make sure that we have a dynamite show. So he didn't get to pump mm. up the woo machine as much as Chapman does, who we all know that's his main focus yeah. the entire day. So uh, Danny, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. <laughs> awesome to hang out with you, to actually be with you, because normally we're always on the phone together uh, when we do our other stuff. So uh, this is awesome. Is the Vegas Golden Knights off to a 3-0 start, and you have your say, uh, 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. The first segment is all yours. You want to talk about the 4-3 stunner against the LA Kings? How about the one nothing thriller over the Chicago Blackhawks? Or the 5-2 comfortable win in Seattle with two of the first three on the road? Two of the first three against Pacific Division rivals and a 3-0 and start. It was a great opening week for Vegas. One of nine teams undefeated. Yeah, it was a fantastic week of hockey for the Vegas Golden Knights. You got wins in different ways. You were able to to kind of weather the storm and deal with the ups and downs of a game, a very exciting game against L.A. Uh, you were able to do what you needed to do in a home opener to pick up two points against the team that you're supposed to beat. And then you go on the road. To, against the Seattle Kraken, and it's a no-doubter. It's one of those games where everything went well for the Golden Knights over the course of 60 minutes, and yeah, there was a bit of a pushback there in the third period. you got to give Seattle a little bit of credit there, but the Golden Knights, 3-0 and start. This is exactly what you were hoping for if you're a Golden Knights fan. A book ended by a couple of games that you should win when you score four and five goals, and then a squeaker that your goaltender comes up big. What was your favorite part about opening week? The gold carpet, the theater inside T-Mobile, or finding ways to win on the road. Let's go to line number two to start off with. It's Stephanie who joins us on the VGK Insider Show. Stephanie, what do you think? I am just over the moon excited about how well the season has started off. Um, It's been really fun to listen to and, and see just the different ways that the team has been able to get a win, you know, the one game back and forth and then, low scoring game for the home opener, one goal, and then just a kind of beat down a little bit there in Seattle to, you know, just kind of it felt almost a little mean because Seattle, poor Seattle and their <laughs> baseball team going through that and then their home opener. But you know what? I am a Knights fan, not a Seattle fan. So it was it was a lot of fun. I don't mind the odd beat down on arrival, Stephanie. I, I don't mind that either. It just felt a little mean since they're having a hard time about their, their baseball team, too. Yeah, well, welcome to the club on the baseball side of it. I'm not even going to get into that in my team and, and what happened in our demise. What what was one thing that you, you saw out of the three games uh, individually or a common theme over those three games, Stephanie, uh, before I let you go, uh, that you loved about this team? I really liked what I saw out of the goaltending. Um, I said it on the uh, post-game show after the Knights game, uh, the Knights game, the Kings game, um, that Logan Thompson, yeah, he let in quite a few goals in that game, but like he didn't let one goal going in rattle him. He was right back at it, making some big saves after each of those goals went in. And then the shutout, he played 
amazing on uh, at the opener. And then in Seattle, Aiden Hill put up a great game. So, you know, really where, you know, one of the things that we were worried about going into this year was goaltending could be shaky. Uh, so far, it's been really solid. Uh, I agree with you on that. I'll go a step further. Thanks, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Every Monday, uh, you call in with uh, some beautiful insight, and we appreciate it so much. The first periods have been good. The first period goaltending in particular, Ryan, has been almost Mm -hmm. perfect uh, throughout this season, and that is a huge springboard to putting the rest of the game together. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. Uh, You know, so often last year, the Golden Knights would – uh, would be behind or trailing in a game early because you you wouldn't get those one or two saves that you needed to get early on in the game in order to to get settled in and, and really start to establish what you're trying to do. And the Golden Knights through three games so far, ha- they've gotten that. And they've gotten it in, in from Logan Thompson. They got it against Seattle and in Aiden Hill. And when you've got goaltenders that aren't giving up soft goals or, or they're making the saves they're supposed to make, it allows everybody to just kind of settle in and get to the game plan, which is what the Golden Knights have been able to do over three games. What did you love about the first three games? And I'll let you get a little picky. Is there something you'd like to tighten up or tweak <laughs> going into this second week in which you're going to play some really good hockey teams in Calgary, Winnipeg, and Colorado? Give us a call, 702-876-1340, on hold, waiting patiently. Let's go to line one. Michael. Hello, sir. I'm a Cardinal baseball fan, so don't give me any of your sob stories, okay? I'll, I'll, I can one-up you with everything, given my Blue Jays uh, outing. So we we can sit at the bar. We'll need 15 bartenders to console us. I'm afraid so. You want to be, be a devil's advocate, although I like the article Ben Goats wrote this morning in the RJ about banking points and that coming from the horse's mouth himself, Coach Cassidy. Uh, we're not dazzling anybody. We're not overwhelming anybody. But we're doing it. We got six points within 60 minutes, which you can't do better than that. But I would like to see our penalty kill beef up a bit. Would you or not? Well, I don't know what more you want. They they, they weren't bad. Uh, first couple of games, I, I, I really liked their game. Uh, they're clicking around at, what, 86%. Elliot and I were going over it today. Both their special teams numbers, I'll give you right now. One's 25%. That's the power play. And the penalty kill is 86%. Those are both numbers, Mike, that if you took them today and plopped them in when we're doing our regular season recap, we'd be really happy with. So maybe there's things that you would like to see done differently, and I'll be curious to see what you'd like to see, maybe from a a tactical standpoint. But percentage-wise, that's very much acceptable to beyond uh, being uh, very pleased with. Well, so far, so good. And you ask for any criticism yes, that absolutely. I can think of. And absolutely. frankly, it's hard. Yeah, I know. Look, look the, the numbers are here. And we'll keep you on the, the phone for a quick second before uh, we go to the next caller. Uh, goals for, guys, they're 3.33 a game. Their goals against is 1.67. Both great. You've got uh, a, a double on, on the goals for to, to against. Your power play is 25%. That's 
I think everybody, after going 11 games into last season with a power play goal, uh, to see that uh, contributing and making big inroads and, and helping put teams away, that's huge. The penalty kill, 86% fine. Shots on goal per game, 39. And you're only allowing 30. There's a decent enough gap in that. And face-off percentage, uh, this is the one Elliot loved on nighttime at noon, 56%, which gives you a huge advantage, and that's a lot higher than we saw in the preseason. Well, I think Ryan and I will agree that about 8.30 tomorrow night we'll have a clearer picture. You're right about that. Against the Calgary Flames, big, heavy (laughs) team uh, with a fourth line, too that you will see can match uh, the Vegas Golden Knights with the speed and with the work on the wall. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. 702-876-1340. We have a line open. Love to hear your comments from week number one, a 3-0 start for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I'm going to run down this list of teams for you. Vegas, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Boston, Detroit, Philadelphia, Carolina, Ryan loves Carolina, Calgary, the opponent tomorrow night, and Florida. Those teams all have one thing in common. They're all unbeaten after week number one. So those are the perfect teams left. Vegas, 3-0, leads away. Then you have clubs Vegas, Dallas, Boston, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Florida. Those are teams with new coaches this year. Hmm. So mm-hmm. a significant part of the group that's off to great starts are also teams with new coaches. Coincidence? No. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Um, I, again, you've got really good coaches, right? Like, I, I think we, we look at the, the change of scenery and we look at what Bruce Cassidy has been able to do here for the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I think having a new coach dialing things in when you've got something to prove, it matters. It means something. And, you know, Pete DeBoer, good, good hockey coach. We know that intimately here in Vegas. Uh, Pete, with that talent in Dallas, if everything's dialed in with that goaltender, should be off to a good start, and they are. Uh, Paul Maurice, same thing. Incredible hockey coach. You can say the same about Rick Bonus. Like when you look at across the board, the new coaches that have gone into different situations with the teams that they've had, um, if you've made the right hire, and it looks like most of them did, uh, you're going to start off the year strong because that's what the demand's going to be at the beginning of the year. 3 0 in the first week. And then the competition gets ratcheted up a couple of notches Mm -hmm. in week number two. This team is one off its best start in franchise history. Can we say that this team is able to turn the page already? Or is it still a work in progress? And this week will help uh, determine how much progress has been made from the injury-riddled campaign, some of the adjustments on the roster and the organization, to being back, confident, and ready to really lock this thing down. Ooh, uh, I don't know. It, it's so hard to kind of say that you've you've turned your corner or whatever the case may be. I think that you need a larger sample size of low 
Thompson and Aiden Hill. I think you need a larger sample size of how this team's going to defend within Bruce Cassidy's system. Um, but I, I I see no reason that the Golden Knights, if they continue to play and build upon what they've done over the first three games, I see no reason that you know, 10, 15 games into the season we'll have a pretty clear idea of what this team is and how good they can be. I think it's too early to say that we've got a great week ahead. You can test yourself against Calgary, against Winnipeg. Uh, to me, this is going to be interesting for the Golden Knights, but I'm not going to get too high or too low either way, depending on what they do. Hopefully everything is good on re-entry, Ryan. Uh, wish you the best of luck in your space capsule. Uh, everything uh, is is going towards you with good wishes. Uh, the The Golden Knights, unbeaten to start. What a response from last year. Give us a call at 702-876-1340. A couple of people on hold uh, waiting. We'll get to you in just a second. But I'm inviting you now. I never do this. Get ahead of yourself. Really dive into all the positive. I'm always the person saying, no, you can't be judging it after two games, after four games, after five games. I'm the one saying, no, be patient and let it sort out. I'm so excited about what I saw between L.A., Chicago, and Seattle, that I'm willing to give you a pass on restraining your glee and your enthusiasm for this season, 702-876-1340. All right, why don't you start us off before we get back to the phones? Okay. I I mean, listen, I... I like what I've seen out of the Golden Knights. I'm not going to sit here and and tell you that 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 there's a lot that I would change. I mean, even going back to Mike's call about the penalty kill, like I know that they allowed a goal, but outside of that, they they've been really good at suppressing chances. There haven't been very many dangerous looks uh, in terms of you know when the Golden Knights are are down a man. I, I think that they've carried the majority of play, top to bottom, in all three games. Yeah, you wanted them to bear down on some of their chances. Yes, you wanted uh, more goals against Chicago. But the fact of the matter is you've got six out of a possible six points for a team that missed the playoffs last year. You talk about banking points. You talk about growing as you get more and more comfortable within your new system. I think the Golden Knights have had as perfect a start to this season as you could have reasonably expected. And if they continue to build on what they've done, this is going to be a really good hockey team. And it might just get to a point, Darren, where in a couple weeks from now, I'm reevaluating where I view the Golden Knights within the Pacific Division. How's that? Wow, that would be significant, especially this early in the regular season Mm -hmm. for you. Because you were very conservative uh, at the start. And so that would be a really telling observation or occurrence about where this team is at. The L.A. game was fun. Back and forth <laughs> and just a, a perfect finish, given what happened there a year ago with Mark Stone and this year with Mark being the hero in the game. The next two were very different games. One nothing. You're held on to it. Uh, held your your feet held to the fire in the in the first period, and the goaltender came up big, and you end up blanking the team with only one goal scored, and that transitions into more of an offensive explosion against Seattle. I think while the Seattle game was more entertaining, from lighting it up and more comfortable. From a lead perspective, I think the Chicago game is the most important out of the three. 
both with the club and then both around the league. And with the club, you've got a goaltender who follows up the first game where he admitted he was a little bit nervous to going out there and being beautifully effective in that first period. Uh, everything that, that Logan Thompson is advertised of being an athlete, uh, uh, being able to uh, manufacture saves and also be in, in the right spot when he needs to be on those breakaways and making the right reads, he, he delivered on all of that. You you lock that down with a one nothing win, and and confidence in Logan Thompson, it's right there from the coach to the players. He just won us a game, and number two, mm-hmm. the national perspective, everybody around the league that was on the fence about what Vegas would be, and a lot of people defaulted to, I'm not liking it because I don't know the goaltending, took notice of that and quickly started massaging their tune to leave themselves an out. <laughs> and that's what happened. I talked to a bunch of people over the last few days. Yeah. You had an Aiden Hills performance, uh, having a shutout until late in the third, and, uh, and a shutout streak of uh, 115 minutes. Like that, that, was, that was big. So being able to put that together with that center game against Chicago – did a lot for this team standing within its own eyes and then through the lens of the league. Yeah, I, I think the point that you touched on that's most important is that Chicago game was a goalie win if, if there ever was one. And, and listen, the Golden Knights could have scored two, three, four more goals in that game. We all understand that. It didn't happen, and you needed Logan Thompson to be fantastic, and he was. And, and I think if you are adding in that the Golden Knights can steal games or get goalie victories the way that they did against Chicago then all of a sudden you 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 look at the top you look at the top of the of the team from a talent perspective you look at their blue line and then you factor in the goaltending i think that the questions you have about the Golden Knights are answered now is one goalie win enough to change your mind perhaps are you going to need to see more of it do you need the sample size to back it up sure but i do think the way that the golden knights have started this season reevaluation of what they are or what they can be is necessary because i did not expect the golden knights to come out and look as good as they they have over the first 3 games i thought that defensively especially it was going to be more of an adjustment and they haven't really had too many breakdowns, at least not that have led to pucks in the back of their net. And that, to me, I think happened a bit sooner than I expected it would. Charlene, Todd, and Peter, we'll get to you in just a second, but we've gone down a rabbit hole here uh, about, about Vegas and, and the goaltending. Look, the, yeah. this goaltending is not going to pass a legitimate test until it goes through some adversity. This, this is old-school mm-hmm. Darren now. Like... Got it. Oh, big, look at big you. picture. I'm I'm gonna turn just, in a corner. Just a little bit, just a little bit of perspective. Because I love what Logan did in, in, in the first game. And the second game, you can't have a better performance under yeah. that type of pressure. There is pressure. He wants to nail down that number one job and he can't have people whispering in, in the background. And that was pressure with a one nothing win in game two hands it off to to Aiden, which was great. But until you deal with a bit of a wobble, a couple of bad goals, work your way Mm -hmm. 
into and out of a slump, we won't truly know where they are. Now, if you can go a really long stretch before you ever (laughs) face that, then that helps minimize or relieve it altogether. But there's there's going to become that stretch where one guy's going to have to bail out the other or mm-hmm. one of them's going to have to dig himself out, dig this team out of, of any mm-hmm. type of rut over 82 games. That is test time. But this, like, I, I don't need that now. I don't want that now. Certainly if I'm them or as as a broadcaster, I don't I don't want that uh, to, to go through that right now. That's no fun at all. This is way more enjoyable. But until that occurs... I'm going to just stay back a little bit before I brand this one way or another. You don't want to be branded twice because so that that hurts. You're you're not you're not going like full on optimism street Darren right now like you're I, you're not calling it this I'm early. I'm not calling it this early. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. You're every you're, part you're of it. And I can and, and, and I can't wait for tomorrow night. Calgary, yeah. Logan, well, either one of them is uh, can well, play on, in Calgary because they're both so, they're both Calgary kids. But against the Calgary Flames, last year's division yeah. winner, uh, with so much happening around that hockey club, and they've they've had a heck of a start themselves. They beat Colorado and they beat uh, Edmonton. Uh, they're they're off bad. to a to a to a big start. One of the nine perfect teams in the National Hockey League. Tomorrow night is a legitimate test. Then you got Winnipeg and and the defending Stanley Cup champions. This is a big week. Mm-hmm. You've given yourself an opportunity this week to make it one of those special starts. It doesn't have to be perfect, but if it's five and one, you've got you've positioned yourself by the great performance uh, in the first three to do something extraordinary. Tomorrow night, they can take a massive step towards that, both in the stats column and optically by beating Calgary. Well, okay, so like when when you view this week for the Golden Knights, it's an important one for sure. If they meet those tests that you're looking for that you want to see, if they are 5 and 1 by the end of the week, are you at a point where you're ready to say, "Okay, I know who the Golden Knights are. I'm going to brand it this way," or are you looking even beyond this week to to inform what you're ultimate opinions going to be. I'm probably in the middle of November, to be quite honest, and looking no, at the schedule. No, 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 no. You're because, going 15 be, to 20? Yeah. Well, n- That's fine. It, no, it's not a number. It, it's it's yeah. not a number, actually. It's who they're playing and where they're playing. So sure. this okay. week is really challenging. Next week, you have two non-playoff teams and a offensive juggernaut, Toronto, San Jose, and Anaheim. Now, San Jose is yeah. off to a terrible start. Toronto, I don't know what they are, but they can score, so they're always dangerous. Yeah. And and Anaheim hasn't shown well. So th- that week isn't going to, you know, if you don't win those games, that's bad. But those yeah. those wins aren't going to change my opinion greatly. After that, though, it's a, a road trip and a significant one. Washington, mm-hmm. Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, yeah. Buffalo. You come home and you, and you face St. Louis. That St. Louis game... And I don't know how many games that that is into the season. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. That's 19 games. That's 19 games. 
I I could have let you add it up yeah. on your own. I didn't want to. I wanted to go full Sesame Street, count no. it up. Those are those that are nineteen games riveting. with a big road trip right in the middle, and you're going yeah. to face Toronto twice in that. You're going to face Alexander Ovechkin. You're going to face the defending Stanley Cup champions and the reigning division winner all in that. That, and Winnipeg twice, by the way, uh, who I think are much improved. That, 19 isn't a round number that you necessarily gauge it on, but finishing with that St. Louis game at home will give me a much clearer picture. Last week was great. This week is opportunity to take advantage Mm -hmm. of what you did out of the gate. And then after that, you kind of got to hold on for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I look at this week as the the ultimate uh, early season statement for the Vegas Golden Knights if they show well and if they get wins. Because, you know, I think a lot of people aren't maybe, – maybe they are surprised that the Golden Knights are 3-0 and to start the year, but when you factor in Bruce Cassidy, when you look at how deep this team up is up front and the high-end talent that they have, Mark Stone healthy again um, – I think that you can you can certainly look at the first week for the Golden Knights and say, yeah, you know what, three and zero, that's not a stretch. But against Calgary, against Winnipeg, against Colorado, if the Golden Knights can continue to win hockey games and continue to look good doing it, then I think that that puts the rest of the hockey world on notice if they aren't already on notice based on what the Golden Knights did in week number one. I would expect better play from them. I think going into Calgary, this is a game that the Golden Knights really do want early on in the season. They really want to see where they measure up against the best in the Pacific last year. So I'm I'm super stoked about tomorrow's matchup against the Calgary Flames. I think it's going to be a heck of a game, and I think the Golden Knights are going to show well in it. They should be with two wins at the very least. They have three, which is great. The four goals that they scored in L.A. and five goals in Seattle, those two road games, you score four and a half goals a game, you you got to win those games. And then you you squeeze out a one nothing game. That That's bonus. That's big. You find a way to win one of those games. Yep. It's huge. But they there's no reason uh, why they shouldn't have had at least two wins, and then they found a way to, to take advantage of it with that... Uh, third victory against the Chicago Blackhawks. Awesome stuff. Uh, Todd, finally get to you. Uh, Thanks for being on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Appreciate it. What's going on, guys? How are you, pal? Not bad. How about you guys? We are rocking and rolling. Excited about this 3-0 start. I can tell you're already in Positivity Alley in three games into the season. I work there every day with India and Garrett and Emma and Ashley. We are Positivity Alley over at the uh, office, and this one with a 3-0 start. How can you not be jumping? No, no, I'm really happy for that. But like you guys just were saying, this week's the big test. Yep. You know? Power play has been looking a little bit better. They're 25%, yep. so that's that's better than they were last year, right? You got that. We didn't score until the 11th game on the power play. Uh, I can't remember. But no, I no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm telling train you. Wreck. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of fun. What's, uh, what's the one thing you love and one thing that you like to tweak? So, so be me and then be Ryan. All right. Well, I like so far. I like everything. You know, I like the goaltending's been good. The, you know, the you know the offense has been looking good. 
you know, I like the way Cotter's energy, he reminds me of the energy of the original Misfits. He's never stopping. He's flying around everywhere. And, uh, yeah, it's all good. Uh, and, um, you know, they're going to be a good team as long as we don't get hurt. Uh, if we can stay out of the injury bugs, this team's going to do way better than a lot of people predicted. I'm with you on that one. Uh, I, I just, uh, health, uh, you, you can't uh, do anything about it. But uh, if if it is on their side this year, a boy to the hockey gods owe them a couple after last year. It should bode well for them. Uh, Todd, thanks for being with us. The VGK Insider Show. Every Monday, the first segment is yours. Uh, Todd will wrap things up uh, today. Hey, Paul Cotter, before we... Mm-hmm. And this block, should he be yep. declared an HM, an honorary misfit? Because <laughs> he fits, he fits um, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to say no to it. I, the, the energy he plays with, the way that he has just kind of created his own opportunity, right? He's created his spot on this team. He hasn't really taken no for an answer. He saw an avenue. He worked his butt off, and he's there. And the fact that he has got something going right now with Jonathan Marcheseau and William Carlson, uh, it's hard not to look at him as a misfit 2.0, as Gary Wallace likes to say. He he does fit that bill the way that goes. That was my phone. Obi. Obi's at it again. What, my what phone, I just that? got I just got an alert on, on my phone and it popped up. <laughs> Obi's at it again. I'm going to tell you all about it because this is significant stuff uh, that's happening in the National Hockey mm-hmm. League and a little bit more on what's happening with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, going into tomorrow night's date against the Calgary Flames. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Talking one-timers around the National Hockey League news and notes in the NHL. That uh, comes your way in hour number two, but just want to bring you this update. Alexander Ovechkin chased down of Wayne Gretzky's all-time best goal-scoring record continues Uh Ovi uh with his first of the year tonight against the Washington Capitals. It might be the slowest goal Alexander Ovechkin has ever scored. (laughs) We're talking pace of the puck. He was actually trying to pass it to TJ Oshie and it ends up going through hitting Demko's pad Mm -hmm. and then squeaks in by the goaltenders movement more than, than Ovi's of all the like. That will not go on the highlight reel when we acknowledge mm-hmm. Ovi's record when he does break Wainer's mark. Well, you you confused me when you said Ovi trying to pass. I, I got confused there because yeah, that's I not know. something we see very often. You're just you, you just can't get enough of it, huh? What what, so, what is happening? That, that right was now? actually that was actually my fault. I was trying to turn it down, and I turned it up. <laughs> That was all my thought. Technology. He, he was trying to pass that, oh. but but Oshi plays in that bumper spot, that middle spot. Yeah. Which and he's one yeah. of the best at it. But it's a weird type of play. And the way Demko uh, had that puck go in, I'm not sure I even blame him. Now Vancouver, Vancouver could be in trouble here. They are renovating their rink, so I'm going to give you the long okay. story here, and then we'll get back to to Vegas. Let's do it. So Vancouver yeah. is renovating their rank, doing a bunch of changes to it. Uh, during the preseason and training camp, uh, they were actually bringing them. You know how we get to go in the room? 
Oh, at the Golden Knights, yeah. we're back uh, talking to the players. Yeah. Uh, because everything's under construction down low at uh, at Rogers Arena, they were bringing the players from down low up to the press box. Can you imagine <laughs> taking uh, Mark Stone from the dressing room, saying, yeah, we've got to speak to the media, we're going to elevate her all the way up to the press box, then you're going to do that. Like, the, the guys actually wanted to do Zoom instead. That, yeah. And, yeah, and nobody ever wants to go back to Zoom. And they were saying, let's do right. Zoom. Because everything's under construction down there. And add into that, that they're now going to start on the road for a, a significant trip here to kick off the season because of those uh, restorations in, inside that rink. They blew a big lead in Edmonton. They tossed mm-hmm. it away in game two. And now, tonight... They're playing the Washington Capitals, and Ovi's hit the mark, and they're, and they're just starting this trip. I don't like it. it. It's just, if I was a coach there, I'd be so sour because you put me yeah. in a position to succeed. I don't, I don't want to be Arizona starting with six straight in the road. Uh, I don't want to be Arizona uh, with this schedule against us. Chicago with a long road trip uh, to start. Those teams don't, they, there's no expectations of them. But you, you put... Mm-hmm. As as the parody is so uh, alive and well in the National Hockey League, put put a team like Vancouver that's on the cusp anyway in in this position. That's tough. Now it could, it could take well, one of the competition yeah. people out of the mix for Vegas. Well, it would. Um, I I still feel like the Canucks are going to figure some things out. He, you know, they had a great first period against the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and and listen, as much as you you know you know you look at the road trip, like. That was an opportunity for the Vancouver Canucks that they squandered. Like they, they've got culpability in that as well because that should have been a situation you turn into two points if you're starting the the year off that strong as the Vancouver Canucks. But um, you know, you you bring up an interesting point because if it goes sour or goes, you know, the way that it's gone for Vancouver for the next what four, five, six games, like what does that mean for their outlook? Like, is there is there a hot seat for Bruce Boudreaux at all if there's there's just not that level of, of expectation being met for the Vancouver Canucks given the context of this early season road trip? Um, yeah, there's pressure on that team to succeed. They lost to Edmonton. They lost to Philadelphia. It's early against Washington, but that's a tough one. Now they've got Columbus and Minnesota and Buffalo next. Columbus and Minnesota to finish off that road trip. Uh, that's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. They better do something uh, on the way home or else, yeah, hot seats get turned up in a real hurry. Vegas doesn't have to worry about that. They have the 3-0 <laughs> start. They have yeah. things going in the right direction thanks to a very spread-out attack. Who's the best line to start in the first three wins for Vegas in three starts? <sighs> Man, that's a really tough question. Um, I know I can tell I, you where all the goals have come from. A lot of them. Yeah. The third line. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Marcheseau, William Carlson, Paul Cotter. It's kind of hard to sneeze at that line because of how important they've been, especially the the last two games. Obviously, Paul Cotter getting the only goal of the game against Chicago, and then you you you, you follow that up with a two goal performance from Jonathan Marcheseau against Seattle. Um, I I. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to say that that's been the most impressive line to me to start the year. Um, they are moving pucks well. They're they're finding ways to impact the game in a positive way. They're 
you know, winning face-offs, starting with the puck more often than not. Like, I'm going to go William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault, and Paul Cotter. If you took the stats out of play, what would your eye test tell you? Um, I think the eye test would probably... I think that the eye test would, would back up that line. Um, Stone, Stevenson, Brett Howden, like tons of opportunities. There have been a ton of, of chances for Brett Howden. He just hasn't been able to finish. I thought the fourth line uh, against Seattle was ridiculously good. Uh, really, really impressive performance from them. And, you know, Jack Eichel and Phil Kessel, I, I think, started to kind of find their footing in terms of their production and, and playing with the puck in the way that we saw them do it in the preseason against Seattle. So um, I don't know that the eye test would, would lean me in a different direction other than the, the third line, but maybe it would be a, a nod for Stone Stevenson and Brett Howden. Yeah, I, I've loved Stevenson's game. Stone looks healthy. Yeah. Howden's been uh, an absolute uh, perfect fit with, with those three. So based on the eye test and the transition, the breakaways, the penalty shot, and, and everything that's, that's been generated off that line, and I have tons of excitement and enthusiasm about the Eichel-Kessel-Smith line. Now, I'm still waiting. Like they, they kind of were a victim of their own early success because the chemistry mm-hmm. was so great in camp and right off the yep. right off the bat in the in the preseason games that it it puts it on another level. Uh I think that there's there's more to come there with with Phil Kessel yeah, I, I meshing think... with Jack Eichel and Riley Smith. So uh, th- that one is crazy as it sounds with with all the skill and what we've seen from Jack so far. I think the the most growth of the four lines is the Eichel line. I love what you've seen production-wise from the Carlson unit. I test belongs to the Stevenson group and talk about delivering perfectly after being called out in training camp. The Nick wall line has been excellent. So it's, it's close between the four, but upward growth. It's that Eichel line still. Yeah. I I think that that certainly is the line that has the, the most latitude in terms of, um, growing into an unstoppable line. I, I think we know what we're going to get out of Marcia So Carlson and Cotter. I think we have a pretty good idea of just how good Stevenson and Stone can be with Brett Howden, uh, the fourth line. If they continue to play uh, their game, they're going to have pockets in, in individual games where they are going to dominate possession down low and tight. Uh, but with Jack Eichel and, and Phil Kessel and Riley Smith, it has the potential to be a dy- dynamic, game-breaking type of line. So you want to see them eventually hit that spot. Yeah, with a 100-point guy. That's the only line that I've got with a guy at 100 points. Yeah. So yeah. go get it. Uh, chase it up. We're going to take a break when we continue. Uh, the NHL injury report is on the way. A new segment on Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK Insider Show. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We talked way too much injury last year, but uh, want to get into it as far as how you can make sure that you are as healthy as can be. Uh, every couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Dr. Robert O'Dell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas, nvpainrelief.com, uh, to make sure that uh, we're on top of things. Uh, doctor, how are you? 
I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you guys? We are doing great. Now, I saw, uh, I was thinking about you the other night uh, in the Seattle game. Paul Cotter gets rubbed out, and it looks like his neck takes, or something. He got whacked into the boards, jumped right up, wasn't very happy. And I was thinking, <laughs> he's got, he's got, uh, Doctors, he's got therapists uh, take care take care of him. Uh, if I have neck pain, uh, what what's my mode of action? Well, uh, cause of neck pain are, are a lot. About thirty percent of people are affected by it in their lifetime. Not as much as low back pain, but the good news is neck pain is much easier to treat. And I, I tell you, with with my treatments, I have very few failures. Um, the first thing you have to do is figure out what's wrong with it, and uh, we uh, we see people with neck pain. If it's acute pain, we have a electromedical device that can help you. We can also send you physical therapy. But if it's pain for more than three months, then that's that's a different story. I will also say that I've had many patients come to me who've said that I didn't know neck pain could be treated, and I just want to jump out of my skin because it's just it's such a such an easy treat, which I'll explain uh, you know as we go on today. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of the, the, the nuts and bolts, right? Like, how do you treat neck pain? Well, the causes can be coming from the discs, uh, the intervertebral discs, which is not as common. A lot of the spine surgeons want to tell you otherwise, but I think there's a lot of anterior cervical fusions, ACF, ACDF, they call them, uh, that are done that don't need to be done. Uh, I'm not a surgeon. I play one on TV, of course, but... You know, and and I I don't want to I don't want to um, uh, spread on them too much, but a lot of times neck pain is it can be muscular, it can be coming from the facet joints, or it can be coming from from the discs. And the facet joints, those, those this is chronic neck pain I'm talking about, the ones in the back, the the little joints in the back, and of course if there's this television I could show you what they look like. Um, are far and away the greatest cause of, 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 of neck pain in the population, especially as we age. Dr. Robert Odell with us with the uh, injury report. Uh, when you talk about 30% people have neck pain, uh, of those 30%, I'm just curious, how much of it is serious? How much of it is just that nagging neck pain that kind of bothersome? That's a very subjective question to answer. Um, for For nagging pain, as I said, Physical therapy or our physical therapy device, this the Nexus machine, can help can help a lot. In fact, this Nexus device is in the uh, uh, Golden Knights uh, uh, locker room now. Dr. Sonyard had it placed there. Uh, it's very very good for sports injuries. Uh, people come in with with acute pain or with minor neck pain. We can use this device, which can fix some of the some of the muscle strains and so forth. Now. Many people have, and I'm going to go into more detail, facet syndrome, which are the little joints in the back, which can be injured if you're in a car accident like whiplash. The little joints can be, they move suddenly, accelerate, decelerate, and people can get tears of the soft tissue. And and if you, if you have an injury like that, as you age, it accelerates the probability that these, these little joints are going to basically have arthritis. Now, unlike a large joint arthritis, these are treated differently. Uh, and there are a number of conservative things you can do. But in my clinic, I do a nerve test. This nerve test uh, should be accepted worldwide. It's not because of the lobby of the uh, physical medicine uh, and, and neurologists who want to do their EMGs, which are useless for, for uh, 
altogether useless for uh, for uh, uh, pain. They 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 test for neuromuscular diseases and all that stuff, and indirectly it will test for pain. But this test test will will directly tell you if something if a pain source is coming from a disc because the the nerve that comes under that uh, above that or below that disc will will be abnormal now if this nerve test is 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 normal or almost normal that means that the pain is likely coming from an extra spinal source meaning the disc outside the spine it's nothing serious in fact in many cases i don't even have to get an mri in the patients MRI is useless in facet syndrome. I mm-hmm. talk to people at conferences who say that facet syndrome is 95% of neck pain. And I, I'm not sure what the actual prevalence is. Uh, and if it is disc pain, there's something else we can do about that. Good. But for facet syndrome, uh, there's so many options, and the treatment works so well because the neck is a, is a much less complicated part of the body than, say, the low back. Fascinating stuff. Uh, I knew we'd touch a nerve eventually, and we did that uh, with the last question. Uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, good, good doctor. I appreciate it. One Thank you, guys. 725-373-9879, nvpainrelief.com. Get in touch with Dr. Robert O'Dell. Back with our number two of the VGK Insider Show right after this.